it's just interesting to like put yourself in these environments. So I think even because of that, I don't, even with parents, grandparents, like I don't have this feeling like I have to perform. perform. I don't have to do more. I don't just like, I just get to be. Welcome to the Personal Development Without the Fluff podcast brought to you by Satori Prime. Look, if you believe that there's gotta be more to life or you find yourself zagging when others are zigging, this podcast is most likely for you. We're not here to fix you because in our opinion, you're already perfect. We are here to help you remember who you truly are. That light inside of you that you thought you lost forever. I think you know the one I'm talking about, right? That one. We're brash and blunt and give it to you straight. You'll most likely love us and hate us at the same time. And for us, that's perfect. Because what we are here to do is open your heart and expand your mind so you can live your ultimate life. And if you're wanting more support at any time or just want to interact with Guy and I, find our personal development without the fluff group on Facebook and come hang out with us and other like-minded, amazing human beings. So if you're done with fantasizing about your life and you're ready to go start living it, welcome to our show. Now let's get started. All right. So today, the review was actually a two-star review, but I would love to read it anyway because it comes to us from someone really inspired is the name. And the headline is F word gets in the way of a potentially powerful message. So I wanted you guys to know, look, honest review is an honest review. So really inspired writes, I feel bad saying this, but it was very difficult to listen to what I know and feel has the potential to be a great and powerful message between all of the F words. I really wish the podcasters would stop using the F word like a comma. If they can lose the swearing, I would give this a five-star review. Well, really inspired. I fucking love the review. So thank you so much. And uh, to everyone else, if really inspired, by the way, if you email me at elon at satoriprime.com, although you might not still be a listener, uh, I will be happy to send you a wonderful present. For the rest of you, if you are inspired to leave us an honest review on iTunes, Please do, and then when I read it out loud, I will send you a present as well. All right, now on with the fucking show. Well, welcome to my office. We're together. It doesn't happen often. Yeah, we are here for a um, kind of like a mini family reunion of sorts. We have family. Uh, well, Elon's in New York. We have our parents up from uh, Florida, and both sets of grandparents are still alive in our family um, here from Israel, along with some other family members. So it's been a lot for um, many of them. It's first time meeting my wife, first time meeting, meeting my baby. kid. We're all living in the same house together. So getting thrown into a... <laughs> well, we always talk about like, you know, you want to know how, uh, how spiritual you are? Yeah. Um, uh, go live with your, go live with your uh, family for a week. So that's always an interesting conversation. So I'm um, not like disappointed in myself the way that I used to be around this kind of stuff because it's it's a lot like um yeah if you don't know our background uh we were uh, or we are american immigrants uh we've been here for 30 years but our background is of russian descent and um after our parents actually escaped russia in the 70s they lived in israel for 13 years so we were born there and all our family it was and continues to be there so we don't get to see each other quite as often 
but because of that, obviously it's created certain kind of uh, programs in, in Eli and myself and certain relationship to family. So we go from, you know, for me anyway, you've kind of married into a much bigger family. So maybe you've yeah, sure. regulated a bit and you have them around you. But for me, like I like mostly isolated from a family my whole life. So when it goes from, um, like no family to lots of family. It's definitely a, a bit of a uh, transition for me. And you're also on the West Coast, so you're not even around. Yeah, here. And I think I think the biggest part is like input on like input on opinions, especially with like child rearing. Like everyone has an opinion of what needs to be done. So yeah. um, I'm kind of in a position right now where it's like me and Mandy are like the decision makers, and there's not a lot of noise around us. And then you get here, and everyone, you know, who just met your child is uh, becomes an instant professional about your ch- your child's needs. <laughs> yeah. So that's a little bit, and I um, also for me, it's uh, like being out of routine, like not meditating, working out, having my things around me definitely makes me feel a little bit less grounded. So I've had certainly things come up in my system, but I will say um, this is the first time where like things are coming up for me, like in in here. But like I can actually, I could be with things versus like trying to deal with them or uh, trying to deal with it like aggravation or you know all the other things I used to do. So that's been. Yeah, definitely a bit of a transition. I was definitely saying that uh, I don't know what if you're watching like what your experience is, but when so there's in my house right now, there's my parents, my grandma, Guy, Mandy, and Jaden are all sleeping at our house, and then my other set of grandparents are actually sleeping on my uncles. Um, and usually, I'm very particular about like my space. And walking around my house and seeing that it's like there's people everywhere and like there's mess and all this stuff would usually irritate me quite a bit. Mm-hmm. And I find myself like having to go be on my own to like recharge and, and find myself and like uh, gain strength. And for whatever reason, that hasn't been the case for me this time. Is that true when you have like uh, people staying over for the weekend too? Yeah. It's like you like your order. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like if I walk around and like I see towels everywhere and like bathrooms are a mess and lights are on, like all these things just trigger me and trigger me and trigger me. (laughs) Um, I mean, obviously having two kids also is, has definitely helped with that, but um yeah, that's actually been very, very different for me this time. This, I would always like find myself uneasy in these in these environments. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it's been it's been much nicer this time. It's good. I think I think the the best part about getting triggered for me these days is everything feels like an opportunity. Like I, in whatever judgment I may have about things or in our family, that's both delicate and complex, right? Like family always is kind of that stuff like 30 years of certain situations. And then uh, I'd like to always believe like I've done enough work where like <laughs> that won't happen. But then like, I get that situation. I'm like, but it's been great. Yeah. You know, I get to sit there and I don't, I'm not like, yeah, they're not doing anything to me. Nothing's really happening. It's just stuff for me to work on. That's been there for my entire life. I think we felt for a long time when we would go into that environment, either even in Israel or back here, it almost felt constraining because like they didn't know 
who we were and how we operated sure. in life. And it almost felt like they treated us kind of like that old, the way that we used to yeah, be. That we used to be. And I also find that that's challenging because I don't have like enough language to describe to them. Like totally. I, I can't say the stuff that we talk about totally. in Hebrew. Yeah. Like I had the conversation with my grandfather and he actually asked me, he's like, so what do you guys actually do? He told me the same. And beyond saying like, we do things around psychology and like, I get to help people. Like that was like the depths, but you know, it actually give him an opportunity to like share things with me that he's never shared before that I didn't know. Um, so it's great, you know, like there's little moments I hang on to, you know what I have noticed and uh, I'm sorry, like I didn't mean to take over, but like, I felt like the last time we went to Israel, I left there and told myself, okay, this is it. Like I've kind of hit my limit. Um, I don't love this environment. I don't love the way that makes me feel. I don't love the way that the things I have to like deal have to deal with, get to deal with, um, as things come up. And I find myself like basically making a choice that like, I've done, I've like given my time yeah, and I've invested what I could. I've done the best that I can. And I'm like, kind of like done with all that. Like I'm not going to put in a lot of effort anymore. And I kind of like forgot that I made that secret agreement with myself until they like got back here and I like started feeling into it. And I'm like, Oh yeah, I kind of like gave up three years ago and they kind of are still, you know, looking for that connection. And, you know, part of me um, has wondered for many years, I'm like, how am I going to feel when, when they're not longer here, am I going to have regrets? Am I going to feel like I did the best that I could? Um, I know certainly that like they're looking for something, but it's like, it's funny. I, I have this feeling like if we, if we were looking for that thing and we got like connected, like somehow the relationship would change, yeah. but I, my, my, but then like my reality check, and this is just being like super honest. My reality check is that like, they are who they are. They're kind of like much older in life. They're not looking to really change much. And I'm never really going to have the, the relationship or the connection that I wanted to have for lots of reasons, not, not their fault at all. Yeah. Um, I mean, 30, 30 years here, 30, 31. Yeah. And I think what's really in my face um, was, uh, was it continues to be all the years that like mom and dad had this story that they weren't there for us and it didn't, help us. And like, when I look at my life and I look at my relationship with them specifically, I just see how much I bought into that and how much that like I live in that world and that it's like something, you know, like, like all of us, right. We're in this, like in our story, in our creation. And it's like one of those blockages that has been difficult to kind of like get beyond and like find, find trust and, and all these different things. Um, and it, it comes up for me a lot when they're here. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's been it's been interesting. I think I've given up a lot of perspectives and judgments and like wants of how I wanted them to be and how I wanted the thing to be. Yeah. So yeah, I, I maybe that's also made it easier. I think they're also dem- like the demands of what they're wanting is different. I felt like before we had to like entertain and do this and do that i think now they're just like here to be with us and Mm -hmm. be with the kids and spend time and the the one thing that has been um definitely the most present for me though is uh like that they're seeing their life coming to an end yeah like i you know when we left israel and you were like yeah i'm done like that's it for me uh i feel like there this is possibly the last trip they'll ever make here yeah and i think that's kind of like they're already seeing it as like the last hurrah here so that's definitely 
as I change your as I change your approach, I just realized by the way that we didn't change the titles to any of these, and then probably just was like live Q and A on the on Facebook lives. Mm-hmm. Sorry, <laughs> you can ask us questions. You can ask us questions if you like. We're this is this is how we do therapy with each other. <laughs> yeah, has it so has it like changed your approach? Approach with them? Yeah, like how when they arrived here, did you feel? Um, I think in the past I would have called you like kind of like disconnected. It was always like yeah, I don't like this or I'm out of here kind of thing. Like now, how is it for you? Are you do you feel like that's kind of the foundation of where you're here with them from. Are you, you know, you know, what's interesting appreciating the time. Like what's, what's your, now that you're asking and I'm like, just checking in before I think connection to me equaled you have to have a good conversation and it had to be in these environments and it had to go deep. And it like, that was kind of like for me connection. And now I don't have that attachment. Like, I think we can be in the same room and just being with each other. It's, and it's felt good. Like it's felt good to be around and I see them happy and um, just watching them play with the kids. And I don't know, I, I, I guess I don't have like as much pressure on me that I've had before. Like it had to look some sort of way for it to be worth it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but I also realized like, you know, Fanny has a super, super different relationship with her grandparents. Sure. Um, we haven't lived with our grandparents for 30 years. So, you know, every two, three years, we would see them for, you know, snapshots, a few weeks, let's yeah. say like a week or two at a time. Uh, Fanny was raised by her grandparents. Mm-hmm. So her relationship to her grandparents is so vastly different than our relationship to our grandparents. Yeah. I feel like we... When we were young, it was like that. When we were young, we were with them all the time. All the but time. we we left. You were five. I was seven. Yeah. Like, we didn't have enough of that to to, yeah, yeah. to build on. Um, so, yeah, I feel like we've just kind of been constructing what we thought should be the relationship versus what just is the relationship. Mm-hmm. So now I just... I'm just happy in knowing that they're here, that we get to be with each other, experience each other however that looks. But I used to walk away from these situations and it's like, if I didn't have that conversation with Zieda or if I didn't have a conversation right. with Safta or like if we didn't sit for an hour and like go deep, then it somehow wasn't a good day or interaction yeah. or something. And then I would make myself feel guilty. And then, so yeah, I've just kind of given up that. I, I still feel a little bit of a pull in that direction. Like, you know, I, that's like when I think back about uh, the last few years and like what it is I remember about these interactions, it is like those like side conversations that are really nice. Like when we traveled back, you know, 2016, like I, I almost remember one moment from that entire part. And I was like sitting outside with grandma, she was having a cigarette. And we actually just had like a really nice heart to heart conversation for like 20 minutes. That was like the highlight of my trip when we went, honestly. Um, so I, I, I kind of felt that and like did that. Like, well, I remember like that conversation with him, like my grandfather. Um, so I feel that a little bit of the pressure. Would do you feel like this is gonna uh, change anything? Like when they go home, like are you gonna look for more connection, interact with them differently? I don't know. I honestly don't know. You know, t- it, th- this might sound crazy, but to me, it's like I know how much joy they get from watching my kids. So it's it's become kind of more that yeah. than um, I don't. I don't see our relationship with them getting any more complex or deeper or anything like that. Yeah. I think there's a big language gap 
Not, and both of us can speak Hebrew, but it's like basic Hebrew. Yeah. And I think the stuff that we would love to be able to talk to them about, they don't have the language and we don't have the language, sure. which is a little bit sad. So that's why I'm kind of at this place where it's like, I can stay in open heart connection without all the words and all that stuff, but just notice if there's like shit in my way or I'm upset or annoyed or whatever and deal with that versus, okay, I have to, you know, what if I ask them this question? Will it lead to this conversation? Which is kind of how I used to be. A little bit more strategic. Yeah. I feel like what comes up for me now the most, and and I think this is true with all my relationships and those things more and more and something I, I get to look at is like other people's worry. What do you mean? Like um, when people ask questions, but there's just like worry behind it. Like this happens with, uh, with my wife and a lot of people are just really worried, but like their questions are like worry, failed uh, as yeah. other things. Yeah. My grandparents, a lot of worry, right? Rightfully so for like the past that they've had and like Holocaust survivors and stuff like that. That makes perfect sense. Uh, but it, there's like a irritation in my system around like this line of questioning yeah. because it's almost like looking at the work, like everything being the worst case scenario all the time. And it's like, why are you, you know, like for me, it's like, why do people imagine these worst case scenarios and like live, like they're like living, it seems to me like they're living in like worst case scenario energy. And I'm like, man, it's got to be like, I'm scared enough of life as it is. Right. And I don't spend all my time thinking about worst case scenarios. Most of the time I'm thinking about how great everything is going to turn out. And I'm like, man, and certainly I can remember a time in my past where I lived more that way. So now, but I get like, obviously I wouldn't have that concern. Like I worry right internally. So it's like, it's like agitating this piece. So I've been like really looking at that since I, I got here. So like I go into certain conversations, I'm like, I'm not going to get hooked this time. I get a little hooked. I'm going to get hooked this time and get a little hooked, you know? And so it was the same thing for me because I got hooked a few times and I'm like, okay, usually this is where I lash out. <laughs> like this, <laughs> this is the part where I lash out. So I'm like, okay, I'm not going to lash out. And I'm like, this thing goes on my system. But then the same thing, I'm like, you know, what I really want is a connection with the human. Yeah. Like, uh, I think I've kind of got to that point too, where it's like, we just simply don't have the language to even if we wanted to connect the way that we want to connect and have the deep conversations. And, and it's funny because I think what's been behind that all these years is like a, a, a desire and a need to be seen by like grandparents, like the way that we are. Mm. And also with like how much work that we've done and like our capacities today and speak about our children and our joy and our business and all these things that really matter to us that we literally simply cannot express in a way that yeah. is meaningful. And that's really frustrating <laughs> to be honest. So I definitely think there's some something like go with that. Hello, my favorite listener. That's you. I wanted to share with you some of the amazing results and breakthroughs your fellow Satorians are experiencing as we speak from being in the collective with us. So if you haven't heard about the collective or what you're missing out, check this out. So Amanda writes, a couple of years ago, I was destitute, living back with my parents at 36. I'd lost my job, was overcome with chronic illness and a strong victim mindset, and I was totally stuck. Through the influence of your training, I'm enjoying a much more fulfilling life. I've moved back home, gotten a great job, taken control of my health, and even bought the car I've always wanted. I'm ready to go even further into my awakening and manifest the life I truly deserve. I couldn't be happier to be part of this tribe of amazing human beings. Robin said to us, thank you. Since March, I've started meditating every day. I've lost 27 pounds. I've resigned from a job that I hated but stuck with because of the money. And I've already received three new job offers and even taken one of them that is paying more and I'm much happier. Plus, my relationship with my husband is flourishing too. Thank you. And Paul writes, after talking to my daughter, I now know that I feel relieved and much lighter because of it. Thank you again for everything. 
You guys have changed my life. I feel like I've come farther in the last few weeks than I have in the last few years. I'm so grateful for your help and support. I love you guys. Look, I know this podcast adds tremendous value to your life. My suggestion is head to satoriprime.com forward slash collective right now and jump headfirst into the collective. After all, it's only a $9 a month investment and you'll get access to Guy and I in a whole new way. You'll learn some of the most cutting edge technology that we share with our best clients, but we can't really share here on the podcast. Imagine you and us interacting with each other live every two weeks for just $9. It's incredible, as you've seen before. So if you're wanting breakthrough results in your life quickly, head to satoriprime.com forward slash collective and begin to deepen your journey as a Satorian today. Again, I'm just noticing it from them and even what they've shared with us. It's like they've experienced so much joy in watching us. Like this is the first time they've seen you with Mandy. This is the first time they've seen you as a dad. Sure. You know, for me, like the last time they saw us and were with us was three years ago. So my kids were a lot smaller. Sure. So I think just seeing how you and I interact with each other, how our wives and how we interact with each other's wives, how our kids interact with each other. And like, I I think what they're seeing says more than what we could explain to them. Like, oh, it's like this. Yeah. And I think watching, that's obviously what Zeta was saying. It's like just watching you guys be together and interact. It's like, he's realized kind of what his life, what his life was all about and what he's done. So, Mm -hmm. um, yeah, it's funny. I mean, it's funny and it's a little bit sad because, you know, obviously I was moving away from them maybe in the moment was painful, not painful. I'm not sure. Certainly I think has been over the last 30 years for them, um, that they haven't had that either. Like they haven't been able to look at their legacy very, Mm. very much. And that's a really painful thing because when you're older, it's like your family is your legacy. So it's like the, the like the fruits of the labor of your influence uh, is missing, and I think there's a actually like an innate human desire for that. True. Um, so to not have it, I, I'm sure it's rather painful for them. Yeah, I mean, I'm just looking like my kids are almost the exact same ages that you and I were when we yeah. left, mm-hmm. and I'm just thinking right now, ripping away from if I had to pick up and just leave somewhere. I mean let alone another country. Yeah. Uh, it would be, yeah. Let's start over. It would be a massive undertaking. Yeah. It'd be a massive undertaking. Yeah. Psychological schism for sure. Yeah. For those of you guys watching, I mean, I, I you know, families, uh, <laughs> intricate. Um, and Elon mentioned it before, but like something we've been saying for a long time is if you're doing personal work, your own individual spiritual work, like family will bring up everything as yeah. you know. So it's like, you know, a lot well, of say, say why just so they kind of get like a little bit of my, my feeling. I don't know. If this is the truth. My feeling as to why family is so um, agitated to our systems is because like the, obviously what you learn as a child and like the things that you're critical about are the things that your family is generally critical about or were critical about to others or critical about towards themselves or to others. So we pick up these like critical perceptions which become like our foundation and um, rules through which we guide life. So, after, you know, in the beginning, it's just a perception. After a while, it becomes the voice in your head. And mm-hmm. after a while, these voices start becoming actions in your life. And these actions become the things that you do and the things that you don't like and all this kind of stuff. 
So it's like when you're around family, when you're around parents, when you're around grandparents, to me, it's like the physical manifestation of the inner critic of your voice. So it's like, here it is physically embodied. And it's, and that's why we lash out. Cause it's like, I'm, whether you notice it or not, those are the self judgments that you have. Like all the, all the external judgments you have about everybody else are the self judgments you have about you. And generally speaking, your self judgment is significantly worse than the ones that we externalize. So it's like we bury internally and we show it externally. So when we have that inner critic around us, there it is. Like, of course, it's like everything that you judge yourself about suddenly is like being said out loud. And, you know, you start judging, um, judging these people around you. So it it just really agitates the system. At least that's what it feels like for me. So, you know, I, I feel like I found a lot more peace around mom and dad the last few years because this became more of my awareness started really doing the internal work to work the energetic parts more than psychological parts because the psychological stuff we got 17 years ago and certainly helped being more aware with how I was being around my parents, but it wouldn't always stop the, uh, automated responses that were less than pleasing to me or them. Um, and that seems to have really changed a lot. We haven't quite had the same opportunity with our grandparents to do that. So yeah. I feel like this has been a good trip um, to just highlight, you know, like what I get to really work on. And a lot of it is kind of what I said, like that worry piece. And that's kind of been in my face, but it, it has really been obvious. And there's like a lot of sadness about that worry um, and fear in my system. So I'm, I'm definitely sitting with it, having a, a time with it. Yeah, I mean the other the other piece that I'd just add, I think, is when you're going through such big shifts in your life through personal development and work like this, you start to see yourself as a different human being. You start to see yourself as someone who's evolved past this or had a breakthrough in that, et cetera. And then you go back to your old house or you have family come here or whatever it might be, and their view of you is still that old view. And it gets upsetting when people treat you kind of like the old you Mm -hmm. where you're like, I'm past this, but it obviously triggers all that stuff. So it becomes uh, a lot harder. It's like the high school, high school response. Exactly. So (laughs) I just think one of the things that is really different when you do cerebral work versus body type work that we've been doing is the cerebral lets you understand why people respond the way they respond to you, right? So like you can walk into an environment and you're going to know, okay, they're going to have these conversations around me. That's going to do this, this, and this, et cetera. And that's good, but you're still having the physical reaction. Yeah. And it's trying to override it somehow. Exactly. Yeah. Difficult through like a reframe to just go, okay, well, I'm just going to look at it this way. Yeah. Cause you're still upset or sad or frustrated or whatever it might be internally. I think when we started doing a lot more of that work, then I just, I don't have to call in the cerebral because there's just the reactions that are there. So, you know, when, when Mm -hmm. Safta asks questions around business and money, which always used to be like, I'm like, why, why, why do you just keep asking making money? I'm like, you know, I want to just hand. I want to hand him like an FAQ sheet. Yeah, <laughs> I'm like, how many times have we had this conversation? I'm like, I mean, it's been like 25 years. Of yeah, the same answers. I'm like, here's your FAQ. So, and like, let me know when we can get to the next thing. Yeah. So I think that just <laughs> not just having the question be there, but not having any of the reaction there. It means like I don't have to call upon patience and sure. grace and you know, any of that stuff that I used to be like, okay, you know, get in there and like, 
be strong and do all these things. Now it's just like, just not there. Yeah. And I think in general, uh, the opinions of others is impacting me at like an all time low. Like I just don't care. I was telling you about even tennis last year, I was in a tennis tournament and the first semifinal match, no, actually two, three years ago, this is the third time I'm playing. So that first semifinal match, I played a guy who I'd beaten before, but then like people came to watch and I totally choked. Totally, yeah. I just totally choked. Yeah. I'd never had anybody watch me play. Yeah. Then the year after, um, people watched and I was okay in the semis, but then in the final, there was a lot of people watching. And again, like totally buckled. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I found this thing that was like, I, it's almost like a part of me wants to perform at such a high level. Like I wanted to put on a show right? like there's an audience and so I got to perform right, right, right. versus just like, do what you know to do. Yeah. Change, and that you change your game. Yeah. And that extra little bit of like having to perform yeah. in front of an audience, and I would just play horribly. And so then I realized like anybody that would come that I knew to watch me play, like even this, I played a guy, I beat him in a set. Uh, it was just like a playful, uh, friendly. I beat him in the first set. I think it was like six, zero, six, one. It was like an absolute destruction. And then dad came to watch. And the second set, I had to win in the tiebreaker. The same guy. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. And it wasn't like he started playing better. Sure. I just, I was like, oh, okay, dad's watching. Yeah, I got to, yeah. you know, I got to show what I got. Yeah. yeah. So <laughs> interestingly enough, though, like with, even with, uh, with parents, grandparents and things like that, I think it was, it was always kind of that thing. Like I had to perform. I had to show. I, you had were, to this. I mean, you were a performer when you were younger. So now yeah. it's just like, I honestly, I don't have that need yeah. like this this last semifinal that i played there was a bunch of people watching and it was honestly the first time that i played in front of people i was aware that they were there yeah but then but i wasn't affected by it or or if i was it was like you know 10 percent of what it was before yeah. what do you what do you attribute to the shift uh well i had a really really huge um experiential kind of opening when it came to performance uh, I realized that for me, the conversation was like win or die. Yeah. That, that, to, to, without going into like all the pieces of how I got there, but it was this thing of like win or die. And so when people were watching, it was like, you had to perform to win. Yeah. You had to like perform to survive. Almost. Yeah. Cause I even remember, cause this, this year I'm going to play also right before we go to our boys trip yeah. I'm playing literally like the exact same day I played last time. Also I played on a Thursday mm-hmm. right before we went. And like in my head, I already had visions of like, I'm going to show up to Broma gang and I'm going to be like the champion. Right. And I have to like tell the story, tell the story and, tell my, and, but all that mm-hmm. stuff just puts so much extra pressure. Yeah. It's when like, I'm actually it's like the playing. 30 guys who you're going to see, like are the ones watching you play the game and they're already, that's very interesting. It's, it's, it was yeah. wild. So, <laughs> and, and I'm noticing there's parts of me also, cause it's exactly like playing the same day. We're going to the tournament and I'm noticing that same part wanting to get active and go like, we got to win. So then we could do this because last time we blew it. And sure. like, I'm noticing all of it. And I just keep reminding them, like, we're just going out there to have fun. Yeah. Like that's it. Yeah. And uh, between that and 
I started this new thing of like when I serve to just do the, am I safe? Am I safe? Am I safe? Like as I'm bouncing the ball and then I have this, uh, my vibration dampener is a smiley face. So I like rub it and just like remind myself to smile and cool. like that I'm out here just to have fun. That's cool. Um, makes a big difference. Look, all that said, I have the final on Thursday and we'll see how I show up. If, but I, come, if I come watch, you're going to, I mean, there's going to be so many full, full like a paper cup. I, I hope not. <laughs> um, I mean, Shuda and Fanny and the kids were there. I'm sure they're going to want to come yeah. this time too. So yeah, it's, um, that's cool. It's just interesting to like put yourself in these environments. So I think even because of that, you know, I don't, even with parents, grandparents, like I don't have this feeling like I have to perform, perform. I don't have to do more. I don't just like, I just get to be. Yeah. It's funny for me. It's like, it's the same, same thing, but in the exact opposite direction, I don't even want to perform. I don't want you to look at me that way. I don't want to be scrutinized. So it's like, I won't even like step on the court to experience that because I'm so aware of that. Yeah, it's great. I mean, I think that's a huge, huge thing. Huge piece. Huge. Yeah. Huge. Cause Obviously, any sport, like when you're under pressure, you tighten. Yeah. Right. And when you tighten and your muscles are actually like tight, sure. you can't do the stress response. You yeah. can't do the thing. So sure. uh, at, at, at some point at every sport, it, it's all mental. That's, there's there's that's, zero physical difference between the top 50 golfers or top, you know, 30 tennis players or whatever. It's like a mental game. Yeah. The best people in the world can do what their body knows to do and get the hell out of their way mentally. So their body just knows what to do that. I don't know if you got a chance to see that, that Federer uh, Djokovic final, you know, like in the points that mattered the most, you saw fed get tight. Yeah. And you saw Djokovic play loose and play his game. And Federer had more at stake, right? Like this is his last, that's it. Last hurrah. So it's like, and he was, this is the moment. This is the time. This is how you leave a legacy. This is how you make people remember That's it. And he's not a person who historically tightens up at all. You know, he like ice skates his way through everything. I mean, know? it was 40, 15 on his serve. Like he choked. Sure. He just flat out choked. That and it's just amazing to pressure. Yeah. So anyway, like with family, I really do think that that's also kind of like, yeah. I, I healed that piece of performer die, winner die, you know, I just think that's, you know, we talk about parts and we talk about protectors. There is the performer protector. And oh, for sure. protector Because we're all like performing for one another, basically, right? Like we have our little script, energy, energetic script. And it's like, I'm going to, I'll do my performance for you. I'll do my jig. And, and like, it's always the same. Like, you know, it, it always the same comes up around family. I'm always like the little incapable boy, yeah. <laughs> like, like kind of thing that I'm like dealing with, which is funny. I, I find myself how like. I lose my voice when I get in these situations, mm-hmm. like they'll ask me questions and I'm like kind of muttering under my voice because it's not like this like man self-expression. It's like, oh, they're asking me the little boy questions. I'll act like the little boy, you know, mm-hmm. and, that, and that's like kind of very automatic and that actually hit me uh, yesterday. I know generally when I'm uncomfortable, like I kind of go to those octaves too. It's like I'm not, not quite speaking with like authority, confidence and authority, which normally is, is not much of an that's issue for me. And it really is. It's just like a physical response to, to the space. Hmm. Um, but, you know, we talk about trauma is parts stuck in time. My trauma was at five years old. <laughs> and these parts are stuck at five years old with these people. <laughs> and, it, and, you know, and that's part of it. Like when they're like, call, well, I'm like, well, the man is going to call, but you're going to talk to the boy. <laughs> you know, like, it's kind of funny. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's definitely eye-opening. I, I, 
I never quite, it's like, I know exactly what to expect. And I try to leave those expectations at the door, but at the same time, I get into this environment and I find the same um, little parts come up, but I think you kind of hit it on the head. It has a lot to do with that performance piece. It's important. And for anybody who's listening or I'm always curious about, you know, people's relationship with their families, like o- overall, like I, I'm very grateful. We said it the other day, we have a family that desires to get together. I've met plenty of people through our work, through coaching, um, people who like, you know, don't avoid, avoid and haven't talked to their parents and siblings and decades at a time and, and don't even put themselves in that situation for exactly the same reasons. They don't even want to feel these things or go through these things again. And there's just anger and hostility. And some of the, even the most enlightened people I know, uh, do that very, very, in a very calculated manner. Um, so yeah, I am grateful we have a family that has a desire to get th- together for sure. Yeah. There's also something I think we've been practicing, you know, open hearted connectedness, uh, on an energetic level. And I think, when you're in that state, you don't really have to say or do much because that person is feeling it at like such a core level. Mm-hmm. Like even when we were at Alliance, you know, you just walk around. It didn't matter almost how much time you spent with each person. If you were kind of in that open state, they feel love, they feel love. connection. They feel like they got a little piece of you versus okay, I have to go talk to these people and I have to have this amount of time and these kind of conversations and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And and I don't know how much of it is us and I don't know how much of it is them and it's kind of irrelevant. Yeah. Uh, But I know that I've had a lot more desire to just be and be with them instead of just like strategizing. Yeah. I, I, I have found like avoidance, like, you know, <laughs> like avoidance in my for sure. Um, I find it probably the most challenging with the, the child, like the kid right now. Like certainly everybody's raised children. I get it. They have valid opinions, experiences that they've had. Um, it's very difficult when people don't know your child and they like, they talk to you. They're like, they know your child. Like, oh no, he's this, he's that, he's this. It's like, you've known my, my kid for 24 hours. I exactly. wonder you like uh, medicate me. Exactly. After 24 hours, I'm yeah. go medicate my child. Yeah. Um, but it feels like um, like you're not doing your job or something like that. You know? Well, that's that's the piece that comes up. That's what yeah. I'm saying. Like, you know, like when you're you, not doing a good job or something. Yeah. yeah. So that's how most parents hear whenever someone says anything about their kid. They're like, the part that gets activated is like, oh, I'm not a good enough parent. Yeah. Or like, the, like that's that, yeah. just what comes up. Yeah. But yeah, it uh, again, it just the opinions of others are the opinions of others. Totally. I think people just live in a world where they're run either by receiving affirmation from others or avoiding, you know, uh, judgments of others. But like, yeah, I think the more you find your core and your alignment and who you are and you can hear whatever you want, but it not have that tinge of like, ouch. Mm-hmm inside well it does feel like that performance piece loses power or whatever momentum whatever you want to call it um the more you know thyself right the the less it matters to get those the external affirmation um which actually i think brings into question like the love languages thing a little bit this is having me think about that for a lot of people it's like words of affirmation yeah but what you're really saying is if your love language is words of affirmations it's like i'm not enough i think all of them in some way shape or form soothe the I'm not enough or the, but do you really love me? Yeah. Like, which 
stems from, you know, sure. I'm not enough or I'm not lovable, like some version mm. of that. Yeah. I, and mm. yeah, I think, I think you're actually onto something there because the love language is right. You're it's still external yeah. validation from other. Like I want to be pleased unless I get this back from my environment. Whereas yeah. you could give that to yourself internally and then not have that need at all to get it from anybody else. Sure. Uh, I was reading something the other day and it seems to me like now that like all our, everything, all our programming is just coming from sons from needs. So I was reading in the book that said the, even the child doesn't actually love the mother. Like when he comes out, that's a learned response, but the response is to the need for food. Totally. Right. So it's like in order to get food, this energy, I will love you. So yeah, you give me food. Exactly. This like love thing becomes very, um, dependent on food right away. So it's like, you know, it's like a chicken or the egg thing. Does love exist or is it based on like the need right away because the ultimate need is survival, right? For the human body. So it's like love is almost like a byproduct yeah. of human survival, which is interesting. I mean, love is a chemical reaction. Sure. It's not, it's nothing more than a bunch of neurons and dopamine and serotonin. And, Scientifically speaking. Yeah. I would, I would uh, challenge that a little bit. Yeah. No, but I'm saying for, yeah. for, uh, any being or any animal, like there, there's a connection process that happens. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, we throw around the word love to describe so many different things, but sure. Well, it is so many different things. <laughs> so when, different when God is love, then it's so many different <laughs> yes, things, so right? Different things. Uh, yeah. yeah. Interesting. Yeah. For those of you guys watching, I'm, I'm always interested about people's feedback on uh, family uh, experiences with family, how you're uh, get along with family strategies. You may have about family, um, things that have worked for you, things that have not worked for you. How have you gotten things complete in your life with them? Um, do you avoid, do you spend time with them? Or are you doing it out of guilt? Like, you know, what's your, what's your little feedback story? Cool. Anything else? No. Anything we want to make them aware of? Yeah. Uh, we have our, we have our actual live uh, coaching uh, Q&A webinar on uh, Wednesday. So you can come and ask us um, any questions. At what two Eastern? We change the time. So if you go to satoriprime.com backslash coaching, I do believe it's two p.m. two p.m. Eastern, Eastern on Wednesday, uh, the thirty first. So what we ask is go go register. It's a free event. Uh, you can invest ninety minutes with us, and again, we'll answer any questions you have about any area of life. Give you the same level of coaching that we would to our high end clientele. Um, and uh, what we ask is that if you have a question, they just write it down. And have it be super specific. We regularly have people just show up in the um, webinar. They do a copy and paste, and they just like drop this like story in there, and that's fine by us. And then we will get to as many questions as we possibly can. So again, if you want to register for that event, it is toriprime.com forward slash coaching, and again, free to register. Awesome! Yeah, looking forward to seeing you guys there. Guy will be here, so we'll be doing it live from here. Do like this. Um, we'll probably need to be closer to the monitor, but yeah, yes, ish. We'll like be this. standing ish, ish like this. Uh, all right, guys, thank you so much. If there's anything we can do, any support that you need, please don't hesitate to ask. All right, guys, love you very much. Have a good day. Hey, hey, before you go, I just wanted to remind you to go lock in your nine dollar per month for life offer to join our collective. I promise if you like this podcast, you will absolutely love what we're sharing inside of the collective. Again, just head to satoriprime.com forward slash collective and you can lock that price in. These are the same tools that we share with our personal one-on-one clients and those guys pay us 
tens of thousands of dollars to work with us, you can have them for just $9 a month. Again, satoriprime.com forward slash the collective. And as always, we'd love to hear your honest reviews of our show. So if you head to iTunes and leave us a review right now, you could actually be next week's lucky winner. And lastly, if you do want to connect with Guy and I, head to Facebook right now, join our personal development without the fluff private group, ask for permission. There's a ton of amazing exclusive content there as well. And you get to communicate and interact with Guy and I on an ongoing basis. So as always, thank you for your trust, your loyalty, and your listening. We do not take it for granted. We really, really appreciate it. We love you and we'll see you next time.